0: you have a vision? Are you living that vision? Well, in today's segment of Taking a Step of Faith, Pastor Manny gives us insight on why our vision requires boldness in faith. He explains how in this life we will either be responsive or effortless to the vision God has destined for us. He uses Peter as an example to describe what it truly means to be bold in our faith. We will either be the one standing on the boat are walking on the water. Tune in and be blessed to his message entitled, When Your Vision Requires Boldness. Open up your Bible again, Luke chapter 5, verse 5 through 11, and the Word of God reads like this. It says, Master, Simon replied, We've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to what? They began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats. Somebody say both boats, not just one. It started off as one. They had to bring in some extra help. Both boats came, and they were filled so full that they began to what? Sink. Somebody say, the blessing of God. God. And when Simon Peter saw this, now now that we've gotten past the, the, the miracle part, the performing part of Jesus Christ, now we're getting into the purpose of Christ. Once we see Jesus perform the miracle, now we see the purpose for the miracle. And the Bible says, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me because I'm a sinful man, Lord, for... For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's son, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told him. From now on, you will be catching people. Hallelujah. You will be fishermen, of uh, fishers of men. Then they brought the boats to the land, left everything. Somebody say, left everything. Oh man, when God comes to our lives... Forget the blessing, forget the miracle, forget the perform, the performing power of God. When Jesus comes into our lives, they left everything and they followed him. They left everything and they followed him. Just let me say this, church. In this life, we are visionaries. But the question is if we are effortless or responsive. The vision might be sharing the gospel with your family, or with your friends, or the people that are around you, or or wherever you go, leading people to Christ. The vision could be responding to the call of God in ministry. The vision could be serving others. The vision could be opening up a business. The vision could be going back to school. Many things that each and every one of us this morning have as a vision. Somebody say, a vision. Vision. But without boldness in faith, it is only but a scene in your head and a heart that you will play on repeat, but never live. Unless you got the boldness of faith, unless there is boldness of faith inside of your life, what you're looking at, what you're envisioning is only a scene in your mind and in your heart that is on repeat, but you're never living it in reality. And I think many times we allow the fear of criticism to keep us from being responsive in our faith. So what do we do? We end up being effortless in our faith. Effortless in our vision. Effortless in what we know God wants to do inside of our lives. Instead of being responsive. Criticism does that. So instead of being the ones on the field. we pursue pursuing being the believers that are commentators to the spiritual su- su- success of others. I'll just say that again. We end up being commentators of the spiritual success of other believers' lives. Now, yes, admonishing and building each other up and recognition is important, church. That's very important. But, but, then, but then comes those special moments where God has prepared the very place you are standing on to signal you that it's your turn. The time comes where God says, now it's your turn. You're up. Now you will either pass up the opportunity or seize the moment and be bold. You'll either pass up your opportunity or you'll seize up your moment. You'll seize the moment and be bold in Christ. Let me say this, church. Don't talk to me about failure when it's really a time of protecting Uh, perfecting in jesus christ don't 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 talk to me about resources when the birds have a nest and the sower had seeds because god gives it somebody bless the name of the lord quit making your past the reason why if your god has declared all things have become new don't blame it on the people around you when it is not the people around you that determine your success but the one that is in you Somebody bless the name of the Lord. Let me say that again. Quit blaming it on the people that are around you when it's not the people around you that determine what you should amount to be in this life in the Lord, but the one that is in you. The one that are around you will not determine what you will become in Jesus. It is the one that is in you that will determine what you will become in Jesus Christ. Are you an effortless or responsive visionary? That's the question. Are you an effortless or a responsive visionary? How many have vision this morning? How many have vision this morning? You got a vision. Are you responsive or are you effortless? That's the question. You know the glory of God has been revealing itself so evidently in your life and right now it is as evident as can be. How many times have you been up? It's your time to shine. The atmosphere has been tailored to your potential. Somebody bless the name of the Lord and you pass it up, you let it pass you by. God is speaking to you right now, church. He's speaking to your life right now, but because you didn't have the boldness, you've seen your opportunity walk up, you've seen your opportunities close up on you, and instead of evolve, they just dissolved. You've seen your opportunities, instead of evolve into something big, they dissolve into something small. Because you didn't have the boldness, in faith in Jesus Christ. I wonder how it would have turned out to be if David would have hesitated in speaking up. Would the anointing and the gift over his life ever evolve from bears to giants? Come on somebody. If David would have never spoke up, if David would have never took in the challenge, If David would have never been bold in his faith, would he have evolved or graduated from bears to giants? And I tell you something this morning, if you never step up to the plate, if you never respond by faith, if you end up being effortless in your faith and according to the vision, you'll always stay fighting bears instead of uh, upgrading to fight some giants in your life. And I tell you something, bears will only get you the product of what you're fighting for. But when you start fighting giants, it's a greater trial. It's a greater facing in life. It's something even more intense. But I tell you something, the greater the intense of the trial, the greater the blessing of God over your life. And I'm telling you something many of us, we're so satisfied with the blessings we have in this life fighting the same bears of life and god is saying it is time it has been time since you had, uh, had come to a place where you could have fought in some giants where you could have picked up some stones in your life and cast it at that giant's forehead somebody bless the name of the lord but because you aren't responsive and you're just effortless you only have what you got come on somebody come on somebody There's an anointing and there is a gift over your life. And I'll tell you something, next message is going to be the cost of the anointing and the cost to maintain the anointing of God over our lives. But I want to talk about why aren't you responding to the anointing and why aren't you responding to the gift of God over your life. God wants to move you up from bears to giants, tending to sheep, to being king over God's people. I see potential all in this house, visionaries that are destined for promotion, but without boldness, you'll always be the commentator. I see visionaries here. I see potential. I see destined promotion in each and every one of your life. But if you don't start moving in boldness and in courage, in faith, then you'll stay as commentators the rest of your life. Commenting on how others are being blessed, commenting how others are being used, commenting how others are rising up, commenting on others on what God is doing in their lives and God is saying, no, when is it your turn? God, while I'm waiting, God said, it's been your turn about a hundred times. I put you up to the plate to bat a hundred times, yet you said, 'No, no, no, I'm not ready yet. God is saying, when are you going to be ready? When are you going to focus on the boldness of faith? When are you going to say yes and yes and amen? Somebody bless the name of the Lord. When are you by faith going to say, I will do it? I want you to open up your Bible now with me to the book of Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 to 32. And we're still focusing on Peter. Somebody say Peter. Peter. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. So we see how Peter came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke explains it, I believe, the best. But now we see a little later on in life, the life of Peter. Different story, but the same glory of God. Immediately, verse 22, chapter 14, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat. Now just let me set the scene. This is right after, this is right after Jesus fed the 5,000. Okay, take that in mind. Somebody say, it's in my mind. It's in my heart. Jesus had just barely performed a miracle with the bread and the fish and fed people that what they had originally would have not been able to feed, but because Jesus was in the scene, somebody bless the name of the Lord, he stretched what we had in our hands and he fed 5,000 people with it. And now, right after that, Jesus, the, the night came and immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, after dismissing the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Somebody say, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance somebody say it had drifted from the land Battered by the waves because the wind was against them and Jesus came toward them Walking on the sea very early in the morning and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified it's a ghost and they said and they cried out in fear immediately jesus spoke to them have courage it is i don't be afraid and lord if it's you peter answered command me to come to you on the water somebody say the faith of peter somebody say the faith of peter lord if it's you he said lord if it's you command me to come out to the water command me to come out to you on the water and jesus said to him what come Come to me, walk on the water. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and began sinking. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Somebody say, we need boldness. Somebody say, we need boldness. My question is, why did you get saved? I know why Peter got saved. Because from the moment that Peter got saved, he left his boat. He left the fish that were caught that very moment. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. It wasn't like he said, let me sell this fish first. It wasn't like he said, let me give this fish away. The Bible says that after the miracle was made or after the miracle was performed, he left it there to follow Jesus. And I'm telling you something. It, there comes a point in our lives where we get to a place where we say, God has been blessing me. God has been restoring me. God has been lifting me up. But the, 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 the fact of the matter is I'd give all of this up if I can faithfully follow Jesus with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind. And we See this faithfully in the life of Peter because after Peter had received the blessing and the miracle of fish overflowing the boat and already sinking, he said, I'm going to leave it here. I don't need it no more. Why? Because the statement was given to me that I will be a fisherman, a fisher of men instead of fish. In other words, God is going to promote me and the glory that I just seen happen in this water, I want it in my life. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. We give God the glory and the honor that's the question you know when when i seen god work on my behalf that glory was an answer to the glory i wanted in my life When I seen the power of God manifest within my home and manifest within my mind and within my heart, and I seen the power of God manifest within the lives of others, I looked at that glory, I looked at that power, and I said, that's not all I wanted in my life. This happened around me. It's tangible. I can feel it, but I'm willing to give it all up to have it inside of me. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. He said, come, I'm knocking at the door, and if you'll open up, I'll come in. Somebody bless the name of the Lord, and I'll eat with you, and I'll fellowship with you. Blessed be the name of the Lord boldness that's what we need what did you think about when you got saved what was your idea when you got saved was it just receiving the fish in your boat and going along your way or was it giving up the very thing that was sweet to follow Jesus with all of your heart soul and mind and strength and I tell you something we need boldness church we need boldness to receive the glory of God number one We need the boldness of faith to receive the glory of God. Verses 24 through 28. But once you start stepping into the boldness of faith, it don't matter how good it was, Jesus didn't tell Peter this in front of the other disciples. The Bible's heart. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. God's in the perfecting business. sinking Peter was just responding to the miracle that had come to him the day that he got saved and I'm telling you something what are you responding to have you gotten so comfortable in your faith that you're just sticking to oh the goodness of your environment instead of sticking to the power that came and saved you caught you out of your sin blessed you gave you what you needed opened the doors that you needed somebody bless the name of the Lord when I see the life of Peter Peter received the glory of God and he was in it because he was hungry for it And I know some disciples that'll get in it for the very wrong reasons. They're running after God because of the nets he can tear and for the fish he can bring instead of the leaving, letting go, forsaking, and for the following. See, I got the bigger picture when I got saved. My bigger picture said, oh, the blessings are going to follow me anyhow. (laughs) but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you see when I got saved I, I got in it for the right reason I wasn't worried about what I have or what I wouldn't have I was more worried about getting the power of God in my life I was more worried about getting the presence of the Lord in my life I knew that all these things shall follow me if I would get the presence of God in my life see God performed the miracle in my life so that I might not run after the miracle but that I would run after him. Understand this. See, Peter was not in it for the tearing nets. But he was, but it was the tearing nets that made him believe that Jesus meant what he would do in him if he would receive him and follow him. I love this. Peter was not in it for the tearing nets. He was in it He was in it because the tearing nets that God had performed through the Son Jesus Christ over his life confirmed to him that Jesus would do the very thing he said he would do. And what was that? He said, you're not only called to be a fisherman, but I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I know some people when they, see, there's two things that we receive when we meet Jesus. There's the one that God says, I'm going to heal your body. Then that second thing comes where God says, but I'm going to make something out of you. Oh, hallelujah. This is beautiful. Jesus comes and, and, he, and he comes to your life and he says, I, I, I'm going to save your family. But I'm going to make something out of your life. We many times focus on the miracle of what God is going to do and we less focus on what God's going to do about us or for us or with us. John eleven forty 40 says, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believed, he didn't say, did I not tell you that I'll do the miracle? He said, if you believed, come on, let's get to the point here. He's not saying, did I not tell you that I will do the miracle? He said, no, no. Did I not tell you if you first believed? That you would not see the glory of that you would see the glory of God. And I'll tell you this: if you continue to run after Jesus, if you continue to make Jesus the center of your goal, the glory of God is what you're going to receive from God. The glory of God is what you're going to receive. And when Peter came to Jesus, Peter received Jesus in his heart. He didn't receive just the net's tearing in his life and overflowing blessing. He also received a purpose. And that's what many of us today are looking for in the world. I think about the world and I think about the people that are on the side of the streets. You, you can hand them $100 and they'd go and spend it and still be on the streets. It's the longing that is within the heart of man that they need. A purpose. They need a goal, a change of life. Ain't no hundred dollars going to do it. You can meet them every day and give them something to eat, but it won't change their lifestyle. Jesus said, are you in it for the miracles? Because the miracles will keep you living on the streets. The miracles will keep you a distraught person in your heart. The miracles will keep you wondering what I'm meant for. But if you get connected to running after Jesus and following him, he'll give you a purpose that's greater than the miracles that you're going to receive. And I'll tell you something, if you can do that, all these things shall be added unto you in Jesus' name. All these things shall be added unto you. I want you to go back to the day you received the Lord. Go back to that day when you received the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. What did he do for you? Do you remember that? What he did for you? But most importantly, what did he say he'd do with you? Well, Pastor, I haven't figured that out yet. You better start figuring it out. I remember when I met Jesus. I remember what he did for me, but we still haven't figured out what he's going to do with us. The miracles are going to come. What does God have planned with your life? You serve a God that has not only come to do for you, but to do something with you. We need boldness to receive the glory of God. Seeing Jesus walk on on water meant for Peter, another miracle, a greater purpose. Exodus chapter 33 verse 18 says, Moses said, he said this to the Lord, Lord, please show me your glory. Romans 5.2, through Him we have also obtained access by faith. Somebody say, by faith. Somebody say, not by works. By faith. This is by faith. Into His grace in which we stand. Somebody say, I'm standing here. And we rejoice in the the hope of the glory of God. Are you rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God? Quit asking God to do things in your life and start asking Him to do things with your life. Let me say that again this morning. Quit asking God to do things in your life and start asking God to do things with your life. You need to wake up in the morning and say, God, give me purpose instead of, God, give me money. You need to wake up in the morning and say, God, use me instead of saying, God, uh, I, I need for you to open this door for my life. No, no. Ask God for purpose before you ask Him for what you need. Ask God for a purpose for life. Ask God for a reason to wake up. Ask God for a reason to breathe. That's what you need. These disciples on the boat had yet not figured it out, but Peter said, I'm in it for what God can do with my life. I'm not in it for the miracles. I'm in it because God is performing His power through His Son. And I believe that through His Son, I'm going to receive that power within my life as well. I need it here. We need boldness. To receive the glory of God. Number two, we need boldness to follow through with our petitions. We need boldness. Verse 29 says, he said, come. Somebody say, come. That's what Jesus told Peter. He said, well, then come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. The Bible says he came towards Jesus. Hebrews 8 verse 9 says, Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them out uh, by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and and so I showed them no concern, declares the Lord. Man, how many times have we asked God and God responds, Yet we don't follow through. We pray and God acts and we don't minister to our family. We get set up, and God tailors our opportunity perfectly for us. We would do, and we don't follow through. God, if you would just do this, you know, I'll I'll be there, God. And God does it, and you don't follow through. You you end up skipping your batting. Prepare to everything. Put everybody on the bases that they needed to be on. Right? Put the bat you asked for in your hand. You asked for the certain type of picture, and the picture was placed. Everything you <laughs> your petitions, we put all these conditions to God, yet we don't follow through with what God does. Second Corinthians chapter one verse seventeen through twenty says twenty two says, "Now when I planned this, I was was I of two minds." Or what what I plan? Do I plan in a purely human way so that I say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus, Timothy, and I, did not become yes and no. On the contrary, in him it is always yes. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, in him it's always yes. Somebody declare that because you need it. In him it's always yes. Somebody say, in him it's always yes. For every one of God's promises, yes and amen. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. But what's your answer? Is your answer truly yes? Or did you come to God with a yes and no? I believe with all of my heart that God really knows if we're going to follow through or not. And he'll still do what we have asked of him to teach us. That we weren't really willing to follow through with the petition. You're asking for your family. How many opportunities has God given for your family? What are you doing this Sunday? Oh, just going to church. Long pause. (laughs) Those 45 seconds, you could have invited them. That's how awkward it is when you miss your batting time. It's so awkward when you don't respond by boldness and faith. It was your turn. You were up. But you didn't have any boldness. And because you didn't have any boldness, you ended up staying on the boat and looking at somebody else walk on the water. But will you be continue to be the one that stays on the boat looking, commenting, or being the one walking on the water? The Bible says that he has put his seal on us and has given us the spirit in our hearts as a what? The Bible says as a down payment. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You got somebody that made the down payment for you when it comes to what? Looking at what the enemy and what society and what even your own flesh says you can't do. When I start looking at the things that the world says I can't accomplish and boldness starts to step away. I think about the guarantee and the seal that is upon my heart. But not only that, the down payment that God placed on my behalf and that is Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ did is enough to vouch for me. And what I will accomplish in God the Father. Jesus, Jesus Christ. We need boldness to follow through with our petitions. Number three, not only do we need boldness to follow through with our petition, but we also need boldness to overcome no matter the results. No matter the results, we need boldness to overcome the criticism. The failure, the shortcoming. We need boldness to overcome it. I'll tell you something, my first message was not its greatest, but because I believed God over the calling over my life, I knew that I would probably might not be your perfect preacher the very first time. I had so much to say with so little time, right? I wanted to get it all out. And I had two more days of revival. I remember the first night of, first revival of my ministry, I preached a whole three days sermon in one night. <laughs> True story, ask dad. Saturday and Sunday, I didn't know what to preach about. Because I'd put it all on all all Friday night. No matter the results, we got to overcome. Remember the first album that I recorded, I had in my mind this whole great outcome and turnout. And and when it came out, it, it really wasn't like I expected But the results could have defined the future part of the success of my life in stating that I would never get back up again. But instead I allowed the results of the things that I have accomplished in God today to be a learning experience to get better and even more precise in what God has placed in my life. There's a man that, a young man that came to me and he started ministry and he lives in the, the, the city of Los Angeles by Pacoima, the city of Pacoima. Young man that has followed me for almost the start of my ministry, always calls me, always sends me an email. And I remember the very first question that he asked me, and he said, Pastor, you know, uh, brother, at that time, Brother uh, Manny, can you give me a a good head start on on what I need to just to to be that preacher? And I said this, you know, brother, this takes time. It takes a lot of, by faith, it takes a lot of doing it and, and just sticking through with it, even through the results it might not have turned out the way that but i tell you something the next time around i'm going to be better than the first time around somebody bless the name of the lord and and many of us were so caught up with trying to make it good the first time and being so satisfied the first time that we forget that this is until jesus christ comes back for us somebody bless the name of the lord then and then we shall be glorified in perfection blessed be the name of the lord but until then um i'm learning and I got to overcome and I'll tell you something it with only boldness can we overcome the results only with boldness if you're not bold you're gonna you're gonna fail and you'll never get back up how bad it was how you could have made a different when you're doing it by faith and there is boldness in your heart. When they got into the boat, the Bible says the wind ceased. Somebody say, the wind ceased. Verses 30 through 31, and I'm about to finish. Give me five minutes. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught a hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, I want you to just understand something. Jesus did not tell Peter this in front of the other disciples. Somebody say the word. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand because Peter, what, started sinking. Right? He started sinking and Jesus immediately reached out his hand and got a hold of him. And grabbing a hold of Peter, the Bible said, he said to him, you of little faith. He didn't say you all of little faith. He just was talking with Peter. You of little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Now the Bible says, then when they got in the boat. Then they got in the boat. It was said first, then they got in the boat. That's a whole nother leadership point. You want to build up your best leaders, you tell them when they're not around others. Then they got in the boat. Somebody say, then they got in the boat. And, he, and the Bible says, when they got in the boat. Now, I want you to just understand something. They were walking on the water. They were on the water. And Jesus grabbed him by the hand, right, and ministered to him. Do you want to be the one that is always looking at the one take the fall and being built up and saying, man, you know, he he tried. Because Peter was getting some wisdom and one on one. Say what you want to say about Peter. I don't care what you say about say what you want to say about Peter. Oh, Peter big head you know Peter Peter this and Peter that you know Peter he thinks he's all that Peter's always around and Peter never leaves but Peter's bold Peter's willing Peter wants it Peter's hungry Peter's thirsty We're looking at Peter and we're criticizing, and I'll tell you something if we end up being the people focusing on the criticism, then we'll never learn when it comes to our alone time. But Peter had it set. He had a true mentality of what it was he was doing and what he was after. He was after the glory of God. And the Bible says that when they got into the boat, that's when the wind ceased. It didn't cease when Jesus picked them up out of the water understand that let's read the word the bible says that the wind didn't cease when jesus extended his hand the bible says the wind was still blowing the waves were still tidying jesus grabbed the hand of peter picked him up now mind it the wind is still blowing the water is still pushing somebody say amen and i'll tell you that's a whole nother message too When Jesus comes in, even in the middle of the storm, and still allows it to happen. And the Bible says that when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshiped him and said, and I'm about to finish, truly you are the son of God. What were the other disciples doing? I, I, I think they were going live on Facebook. <laughs> right? Maybe they were Instagramming the picture, right? <laughs> Talking to each other. Yeah, did you see that? You see? Or how he was starting to sink. They started murmuring and criticizing how he, he was starting to sink in. Si, andale. Look at that's what he gets. Right? But in reality, is, the reality is is that Peter walked on water. Like I, sometimes I would just want to tell some people, "Just "Shut up," because he just walked on water. And we're more focused on the error or how they slipped up. Or how they stumbled a bit and in our big heads were more focused on the small stuff instead of the big thing that he just walked on water something that no other disciple could do I mean the Bible talks about parting the sea and two and walking on dry land but in here in this instant Peter walked on water his feet were on water now this is powerful because when you're bold you'll start doing things that in history still has not been done despite the results of what is coming out of your life if there's one thing that i know is that i'm doing something that nobody else is doing i'm doing something that many people will criticize me for but the reality is is that i'm walking on water I'm walking on water and let me say that the disciples were not focusing on the sacrifice or the process of the trial see that's what commentators do they don't know what it's like to be on the field at that very moment they can only criticize at a distance or be at all at a distance and I know that because their lesson was looking at Peter as the guinea pig but it was Peter that knew what it actually felt like to be walking on the water Yeah, he started to sink, but he was bold enough to experience an increase of pressure that resulted in a deeper knowledge. Write that down. 30 seconds. He was bold enough to experience an increase of pressure that resulted into a deeper knowledge. He went from being the one of the disciples on the boat experiencing the wind to stepping out and seizing his moment on the water. With an angle or a view and an experience that only bold people get to experience in God. That only bold people get to have. Only bold people get to experience stuff like that. Will you continue to be the one on the boat? Or will you continue to be the one that walks toward Jesus on the water? Will you be the one on the boat? Or will you be the one walking on the water? That's the question. And it ends up being, you're a visionary. But are you a visionary that responds? Or a visionary that excuses? Effortless. Does nothing about it. That's not me. I don't want that to be me. See, when I see the vision of God, I don't just want to believe God. I want, to, I want God to do it in my life. Many of us were just making excuses. We're saying, well, this and that and this and that. We're making excuses of what God said He would do in our lives. Will that continue to be you? To be honest, I'm tired of being the one on the boat. long time ago, I decided to be the one walking on the water. Haven't you noticed that there are just some things that God is doing in this nation today that has already been accomplished? Haven't you noticed that? People are replicating what has already been done. But the God that I serve, Jesus said... You will do even greater things in my name. I'm praying for even the greater things in his name. This world hasn't even seen the revival, the power, the fire, the anointing, the word preached as it can be. They have not even experienced it yet. And what are we doing? Are we trying to replicate? Or are we trying to be the one walking on the water? The difference. The unique. I want you to stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet with me. And by faith, I want you to just raise your hand. I want to just say this to you. It's the Holy Spirit that imparts. It is the sweet Holy Spirit. That is the authority and the job title of the Holy Spirit, to impart. When I see the impartation of wisdom, God does that through Jesus in his word to my life. So I receive the impartation of the word, right? And what do I do? I become a teacher of the word, and I give you this word. I'm not imparting. It's already been imparted understand this you can put it in terms of vocabulary that i'm imparting something in human terms but the one that has given the power for it is already inside of you understand this check this out because i can preach the word a hundred times to you and you'll never get it until you receive the power in your heart so don't tell me that impartation of man will do it. It won't do it. You have to receive the power of God or better yet, your motives of your heart when it comes to why you got into what you got into with God need to be right. And I got in it for all the right reasons. I didn't get in it because God would make my nets tear or that he would make my boat sink because of all the fish. I got in it for that power that was performed, whether it have been healing my leg, whether it would have been God... Uh, 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 Coming in, in the time of my debt, that miracle, whatever it would have been. I don't care what the miracle was. The fact of the matter is, it was that power that made me run after Jesus even more. Not for the miracle, but because if the power is in Jesus, then I want Jesus more than I want the power. I'm not focused on the rain, my eyes are on the clouds. And this morning we just raise our hands. And we say god we got in it for the right reasons you're the goal you're the reason you're the reason god i just raise your hand and start glorifying god right now something's about to happen because the holy spirit is present there's already impartation happening right now just raise your hand and just start glorifying him just raise that music up Miha, right now just raise it up raise it up just raise it up now just start worshiping him with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind do it do it do it. get that to that place right now walk on water this morning walk on the water this morning do it by faith this morning respond you're up god is saying you're up this morning say yes no more excuses it's time to step out of your boat and walk on water It's time to do what you said you can't. You don't even know it, but your family's on its way to Jesus already. You don't even know it, and God is already performing that financial miracle. God's already doing it. But don't look at the rain, look at the clouds. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on Him. Run after Him. We're not running after gold, we're running after Jesus this morning. God bless you and thank you for tuning in to this segment of Taking a Step of Faith with this message entitled, When Your Vision Requires Boldness. Are you in a place right now of needing boldness in your vision? You know, your vision might be winning your whole family for Christ or stepping into ministry or just overcoming debt. It might be getting well in your body. Many things that we have as a vision in our hearts that in reality require boldness. Without the boldness in faith, we'll never complete what God has sown into our hearts as a seed. You have to remember that every good thing that we have in our lives has come from above. God has planted it in our hearts. It's destiny. And to complete destiny, we actually need to have boldness. See, we have the vision of God. We have the seed planted in our hearts of what God desires of our lives and what He wants to do in our lives. But we have to respond in this vessel with boldness in faith. My question is, do you have that boldness to complete out what God wants to do in your life? If you're saying, Pastor, I need it. I need that boldness in faith. Let's pray a prayer together. and Let's ask God for that boldness in your life so that you can see all that He has planned come to pass. Lord, we come before Your presence and I thank You, Lord, For the hearts that have received this message, they have received it with faith. And I ask you, Lord, that you would sow into them not only the vision, but give to them that boldness to complete out what you have sown into their hearts. Winning families, financial relief, God, physical relief, God, whatever it might be, those who are listening right now, God, Would you deposit in them boldness in the faith, whether it be preaching to friends, impacting a community, ministry, activation. I pray, Lord, the boldness and faith in each and every one of them in your precious name, in Jesus' name, right now. Amen. Maybe you're listening for the very first time to our segment, and... You've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart as your personal Savior. Well, right now is a very good moment for you to come. And as you have listened to hope, and it's been deposited in your heart, the Bible declares two things that we must do to be saved. The Bible declares that we must believe it in our hearts that He is the Lord. And number two, we must confess it with our mouths that He is Lord. And I want you to pray this prayer with me if that is where you are in life right now. And I pray that it is so dearly. Pray this prayer with me. God, I come before you. and I recognize my frailty and my sin. But you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for all of them. Past sins, present sins, and future sins. I believe you rose on the third day to give me life and life more abundantly. I repent and turn to you for this new life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior from today and forevermore. Amen. If you prayed this prayer, we'd sure love to hear about it. I invite you to connect with us on our Facebook page and our Instagram page, both at Step of Faith C. Leave us a message and let us connect with you as you continue to take more steps of faith. God bless you.